The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. As Jesus continued his journey to Jerusalem, he traveled through Samaria and Galilee. As he was entering a village, 10 lepers met him. They stood at a distance from him and raised their voices saying, Jesus, master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. As they were going, they were cleansed. And one of them, realizing that he had been healed, returned, glorifying God in a loud voice, and he fell at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus said in reply, Ten were cleansed, were they not? Where are the other nine? Has none but this foreigner returned to give thanks to God? Then he said to him, Stand up and go. Your faith has saved you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We welcome all who come to St. Anne's this day, this beautiful spring-like day, really. And to those who join us by way of live stream in spiritual communion, you are always united with us by bonds of prayer. If you are sick or shut in, our prayers go with you as you are united with us in this sacrifice of the Mass. Growing up, my mother used to give all of us stationery, a lot of stationery from Cranes. Do you remember Cranes stationery? Beautiful. And she had our own name on an engravement piece and it was just beautiful raised lettering. I remember getting my first set of stationery from her when I was eight years old. And she kept saying over and over to me and to all of us, write your thank you notes. If you got a gift at Christmas from aunt or uncle or a relative or a friend, did you write your thank you note? She'd ask. Write those thank you notes. She was very insistent on it. My sister Susan is here with me and she knows the story, right? I'm not very good as I've gotten older about writing thank you notes. And so just accept this public statement to all of you. If you gave me a gift in the last year, thank you. <laughs> and I mean that too, as a pastor, you do so much for this parish. I think of all our volunteers and people who work so hard to contribute and to volunteer their time and talent and treasure, so many. And it's important for me as your pastor to say thank you and to mean that because without you, we can't do this together. 
but I have an older sister, and Laura was married in May of 81, and she got a lot of gifts for her wedding. And, oh, after the honeymoon, Mom sat down with my sister and said, Laura, honey, have you had a chance to write those thank you notes for all the gifts you received? Oh, Mom, I'll get to it. Really, I mean, there's time, she said. Months go by. Mom is playing mahjong with her lady friends, and they say, Sheila, did Laura ever get the decanter or the silver that we sent her? We haven't heard. We hope she got it. Mom goes to my sister and says, Laura, please, it's getting embarrassing. You've got to write those thank you notes. The ladies are talking. <laughs> Washington. Dad's career. Very important. People talk. A year goes by. It's pretty bad. I don't know the protocol, but I think it's about a year, isn't it? Don't you have to write those notes? Two years. Three years. Mom kept saying, honey, look, they won't know your handwriting. I can do the notes. Give me the list. Give me the names. I'll do it. But we've got to get this done. Mom, I just had a baby. Give me a break. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Ten years, more or less. My sister says, Mom, you'd be so proud of me. I've written all those thank you notes. They're done. And I've written them, and it's off my plate, and you can tell your ladies to stop talking, and wow, what a job. There's just one thing, Mom. I've, I've gotten back a couple in the mail, addressy unknown, return to sender. Do you have those addresses, Mom? Because I'd like to send them to the right address. And Mom says, honey, don't worry about them. They're dead. Yeah, don't wait too long to say thank you or to write that thank you. It means a lot. It may not mean that much to you, but in your charity, it means a lot to the other person who spent the time and the talent and the treasure on you. And if you can't write it, say it. Do something about it. And if they are dead, then you come to Mass and you offer up your thanksgiving. You unite in your prayer these souls that have been so good to you. Maybe they've been good to you all your life, consistently. Relatives and family and friends. Maybe neighbors. They were always sending you a card for your birthday or an anniversary or at Christmas, or at Easter. They were always thinking of you. And maybe you didn't think much of them, but it's important to say thank you. Which brings us to the gospel. Gratitude, thanksgiving. 
Here, 10 lepers are cured. Now, these aren't just wedding gifts. This is a bodily, physical healing. Jesus is known for that. Hundreds and thousands of miracles our Lord performed in three years of public ministry. And this is a big one. Why? Because leprosy for the ancient Jew is an outward sign, as we've said before, of God's condemnation. You've done something wrong. You're a sinner. And now you've got leprosy. And everyone can see it. You can't hide it. You have blotches on your skin. It is an ugly mess and dangerous. And so for hygiene, of course, you're outcast. Lepers were put into caves way out, away from the city. And they would die there. There was no cure. Amazing. And Jesus comes along and they cry out at a distance because they're ill. Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And he says, go and show yourselves to the priests. Well, thank God they were cured along the way. Those priests would not have anything to do with lepers. They were cured along the way because of their faith, because they cried out to the Lord for pity. Did they really believe that he would do it? But they just had heard these stories about this Jesus. This was their last desperate attempt. And he heals them. But only one comes back to say, thank you. I'm sure the others, maybe they were so excited and exhilarated by this moment, maybe they weren't thinking about turning off their cell phones. But thank you for doing that. No, it's important because this man that was cured is a Samaritan. He's a foreigner. He's not a Jew. So our Lord is now setting up the whole dynamic. Salvation, not only for the Jews, but for the foreigners, the Gentiles. And it's the Gentile, this Samaritan, the outcast, who is the only one that comes back to say thank you. Amazing. Not the family. Jesus is setting this up deliberately. Not the family comes back to say thank you. It's the outsider. That other person. And he comes back and he says, Lord, thank you. And our Lord says, rightly, hey, ten were cleansed. Where are the other nine? See, our Lord is saying, I expect your thanks. I've done this for you. I'm not going to hold it against you, but come on. Look what I've done for you. We come to church and maybe in our prayer, we're always asking the Lord for things. And we've been talking about this over and over in light of the Gospels throughout the summer. We're asking for this, we're asking for that. Well, that's called prayer of petition when we ask the Lord. And these 10 were asking to be healed. That's a prayer of petition. Then there's prayers of sorrow when we express our sadness of sin to the Lord. But then there's prayers of thanksgiving, prayers of gratitude, prayers of thanks. 
how often we don't really spend time in our prayer for thanks. We ask the Lord for this and this, and we're asking always for the stuff that we need, I get it, but did we ever really take the time, seriously, to give thanks? Not just Thanksgiving at that time of year, although it's coming, but to thank the Lord for everything he's done and all the other stuff I have no idea that he's doing for me right now. That from all eternity, he always had me in mind and had you in mind and acted upon that in time with your conception in your mother's womb. Wow. Thinking of you from all eternity. Has anyone ever thought of you that much? Has anyone ever loved you that much? Has anyone ever forgiven you that much? What do you say? You can only say thank you. So the beauty of the Mass is that it really is fundamentally, following that Greek word, eucharistia, Eucharist, a Greek word, which means thanks, thanksgiving, gratitude. To come before the Lord and to say thank you, Lord. Before I even ask for anything, I'm just so, so overwhelmed by your love, your mercy, your forgiveness, You've given me life. You've given me faith. You gave me baptism through the church. You gave me your word. You give me your body and blood. You give me absolution from sin. You give me everything. To stop and to say, maybe it's time I wrote a letter. Maybe I need to write that letter. Dear Jesus, I have no idea what you're doing for me today, but I'm so grateful. And before I ask you for anything, let me say thank you. It's amazing to thank him for being my savior, to thank him for giving me his body and blood, thanking him for everything that I have. See, I think so often, gratitude, gratitude in our heart breeds joy. If you're truly grateful, then you can stand back from all the stuff you want in life, and you can stand aside from all the events that frustrate you and confuse you, and maybe those persons, places, and things, and events that make you angry to lash out. If you've got gratitude in your heart, it breeds joy. And joy is the antidote to all that anger and frustration and impatience and judgment and harsh words and gossip and those nasty emails we love to send 
CC and BCC and get the world, yeah. Those people drive me nuts. You know why? They're angry. They're fundamentally angry. My experience as a priest, people who spend all that time doing this, they don't know it. They're angry. They're fundamentally angry at God. And they're fundamentally angry at themselves. And they'll take it out on you. They take it out on me. They take it out on Jesus. This is what they did to him. See, angry people crucified Jesus. That anger continues to crucify him. I'm not talking righteous anger. I'm not talking justice stuff. I'm talking about that deep down sense that I am entitled to so much in life and God's not giving it to me and now I'm angry. And I have a right to be angry. You have a right to what? To be angry? No. Listen to the words of the Mass. The Lord be with you, and you say, and with your spirit, lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. And your response? It is right and justice. Just. Now that's the right. The right to give thanks because it's justice owed to God. Oh, don't just pray those words quickly and think about what you're praying, friends. Pray your prayers. It is right and just to give him thanks. It is right and just. It's our justice. The virtue by which we give to another his or her proper due. Do you know what we owe God first and foremost? Thanks. Eucharist. Eucharistia. Thanksgiving. Fascinating. The Mass is fundamentally an act of thanksgiving. Jesus is thanking the Father for the gift of this mission of his life, death, and resurrection. Notice the night even before he dies at the Last Supper. What did our Lord do when he takes the bread? blesses it, breaks it, gives thanks. How many of us would give thanks to God if we knew that tomorrow we would be crucified? Jesus knew within 24 hours he'd be hanging on a cross and gives thanks to God. No, I think most of us would say, why me? I don't deserve this. So our Lord is always showing us the pattern of the antidote to anger and mean-spiritedness and self-entitlement and narcissistic behaviors that eat us up. Gratitude. Because gratitude breeds joy. 
it is right and just that we give him thanks. I'm not worthy of him. Are you? Maybe. But I know that I am worthy only when I can give him thanks, like that leper, and come back to him over and over and over again. And that's why we come to Mass over and over and over again. And like my mother said, just write those thank you notes. Keep writing them. Keep saying it over and over and over again. Because it's important. The Lord wants to hear that. And the more we are thankful, the more he is pleased that what he's doing for us is making a difference in our lives. We acknowledge it, we give him thanks and praise, and we bless his holy name. We stand as one church to proclaim our ancient faith when we say, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God.